1: You can find links to both sponsors in the show notes. Now, if you like what we're up to, please hit subscribe so you can stay current as we release new episodes each week. You can also share what we're up to with others, friends, colleagues, leaders, teams, students, and others you think will benefit. And now, today's show. Okay, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for checking in. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. And today's conversation is going to kind of jettison us into, it's not just the future, Steve, it's kind of the present. And for some of us, it's going to feel like the future, but everything we're going to discuss today is happening right now. And I have a guest today who I, I met probably about eight months ago. His name is Steve Grubbs, and he is the president of Victory XR. He spends his time in Iowa and Austin. He has a background in politics, has worked on presidential campaigns. I know he is passionate about public speaking, but he is also passionate about education and passionate about thinking differently about how we deliver education. So he has been engaged in this project around metaversities, and we're going to dive deep into that conversation today, and many of you are already wondering, well, what is a metaversity? We're going to get there. But for now, Steve, what else do people need to know about you, sir?
0: My father was a school teacher, so I started out with a, a real focus on education in my life. Uh, I I went to this great elementary school, but a few years after I attended it, they closed it. So I bought my elementary school, and, and today, uh, not only do I play basketball once to twice a week there, but uh, we are also building the school of the future from uh, my school of the past.
1: Really? So you bought the school?
0: <laughs> bought the school building? Yes, exactly. So then I had to decide: well, where am I going to put my office? You know, and everybody thinks well. I'll Principal's office, of course, since you're the CEO, but I actually chose the teacher's lounge because the teacher's lounge had its own private bathroom. And I thought, that's more for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let's jump into metaversities. So bring listeners into your world. And you are, I'm going to put your contact information in the show notes so people can connect with you because you're always posting really interesting content. But why don't you bring listeners into your world a little bit?
0: Sure. So in my worldview, I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I also have a focus on trying to make the world a better place, which is why I tried my hand for a while at being a state legislator in the state of Iowa. And then I Determined that um, maybe entrepreneurship is a little faster process, something that let me mo- would let me move at my own pace. So what I know is that we have a new generation of students that are entering college, that are entering the workforce, and what I call the Fortnite generation. This is a generation, you know. If you talk to the folks who own Fortnite, Epic, they have four hundred million registered users. I mean that's that's extraordinary. If you if you think about it, that's almost more than five percent of the people in the world have a have a, an account with uh, Fortnite. And so this generation of students they view the world different than those that came previously. You know, and, and when I was young, you know, we'd get on our bikes, we'd all go hang out at a, a friend's house, and we would or we would drive. But today, the Fortnite generation is just as likely to head to their room or a basement and. And hop on a computer and, and join their friends in a virtual world, whether it's Roblox or Fortnite or or some other place. And higher education has not kept up with that. You know, higher education is just now really manifesting itself into Zoom,
1: mm.
0: and, and and most mostly because it was forced upon them. The real issue is this generation of students expects. An immersive learning environment. We can talk more later about what that is, but but essentially, a metaversity is the combination of metaverse and university. You put them together, and you have metaversity. So it's 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 pretty straightforward. But the whole concept of education in the metaverse needs uh, needs to be broken down a little bit.
1: Well, you're you're speaking to my to my lived reality right now, Steve. I have a daughter who's in seventh grade. And she had an elect kind of a robotics elective and that hasn't resonated for her. The other two electives, there's others she could take, but the other two that she's kind of looking at, one is a Roblox elective where they're actually learning to code some of the games in Roblox. And the other the other option is is a Minecraft and the worlds that my girls are building, it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. The energy and the enthusiasm. We have to keep them to 2 hours a day. That's what you get for screen time. 2 hours a day, build in your your after school time, we're going to get our homework done. And then you have some time after dinner. If you haven't gotten your homework done, you got two hours and they are just enthralled in these spaces. So, and my son, he is what you were describing on a Friday night. He might be down in our basement and he's on with four or five friends and they're talking and they're, they're chattering, but they're playing a game. They're playing something, whether it's MLB or it's more of a Fortnite type game, that's what they're immersed in.
0: I don't know if you're old enough, but but we would go to the to the mall or we would go to an arcade and we'd all stand around one machine and we'd game, but we couldn't game together immersively, which is what these kids do now. So a lot of people are very critical of kids going to their basement and hopping into a game with their friends, but, but it's really no different than us going to the mall and standing around an arcade machine.
1: Exactly. Waiting for your turn <laughs> on the Pac-Man or Space Invaders or whatever it was at the time. I couldn't agree more, right? And and so I I can see very clearly, and with the advent of esports, I think my my university just started an esports team. You've got now some other things like drone racing that are occurring. So there's some shifts because it is a paradigm shift to think of someone being on scholarship for esports. But for listeners, just look up the numbers esports is probably more popular than the film industry, the music industry combined. I mean, the amount of energy and enthusiasm around esports. It's incredible, so I think I think you are onto something that that this generation has grown up immersed in that, and it aligns with in some ways how they want to learn.
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And so our point to universities and colleges is what what you see nationally, at least in the United States, is you see online courses growing quickly, and you see on-campus enrollment in a slight decline or or steady, one of the two. But look at, for example, Western Governors University or University of Maryland Global. You know, Western Governors has over 130,000 registered students taking courses. University of Maryland Global, I think, is at 60 or 70,000. So these are large universities with people who are pursuing higher education in a non-traditional way. Well,
1: and I was speaking with someone in a k-12 context because we've actually you and i have discussed coming to john carroll in the spring and speaking at an event that we're organizing and one of the women on the committee she's in the superintendent's office at a k-12 institution in ohio and she really perked up when she heard about metaversity she was she said you know what access to education for our students it's important and it's critical and this is an interesting Potential solution for if I could take a course at the University of Maryland Global Campus or Purdue Global, wow! I mean that opens up a lot of opportunities, right? Rather than the local community college or some other brick and mortar option that is more difficult for me to get to.
0: Well, and even the even the local community colleges are now starting to office, offer metaverse courses. So think about this: you know you. Let's say you're studying history and you're learning about, you know, Chinese history. Well, wouldn't it be great one day in class to uh, to everybody hop into the uh, transport portal and, and head over to the Great Wall of China and stand on the Great Wall of China and learn about it together as a class? It, and to be able to look down, up, all around, and it's it's as if you're actually there. So, you know, it, it is not only a more inclusive Way to learn, but it's a better way to learn in many instances.
1: Well, and even as I listen to my son, I mean, this podcast in large part is around leadership, and we're not really focused there today, dead on. But I do think listeners who pay close attention to even what we've discussed—if I have my son with five friends and they're they're engaged in some common activity or a common task. Well, there's a whole bunch of leadership concepts happening. And I've said this on the podcast in the past, where he is organizing the team, he's strategizing, he's thinking critically, you and five other students standing on the Great Wall, looking up, down and around and learning about the Great Wall in that moment, or literally anywhere in the world, or off this planet, quite frankly, because we could probably go to Mars as well. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> and- we-
0: Mars is an option. <laughs> The Moon:
1: It's a different shared experience that is just as valuable with a number of opportunities embedded in it.
0: You know, um, I was also a high school debate coach for 10 years, and I was a, previously a high school debater. and we are working on a debate tournament in the Metaverse. but but even more than that, we are working on a public speaking VR experience that that allows people to stand in front of a crowd of people to give a speech and then using some AI, essentially some AI you know about, to get live instant feedback on how that speech went. And to me, that that's a pretty cool solution where you can actually practice giving your speech or, you know, if you're Rotary or Toastmasters or a high school speaker, learn to to, to speak in this uh, metaverse experience.
1: And you're going to get The number of ums you said, and you're going to get the pace of speaking. And what were some key words that would communicate enthusiasm, optimism, joy? I mean, there's so many different. I I was listening to something recently, and you were speaking with someone about even some of the opportunities when it comes to classes like biology. Would you talk a little bit about that? Sure.
0: Well, let's talk about our cadaver lab. Haven't we all wanted to be in a human cadaver lab and hold a heart in our hands? Most have not, I'm guessing. <laughs> but the reality is that for biology majors or health science majors, cadaver labs have an important learning function, but they're very expensive. Most small colleges cannot afford a cadaver lab. They don't have the staff or the space or the you know the expense is too great. So we built a cadaver lab. And in our cadaver lab, the students will, will gather around the human body the professor can take her hand, plunge it into the chest, pull out the human heart and then hand it to the student next to her. Now, now in, in the real world, that student standing 12 inches away from her in the cadaver lab might actually be 1,200 miles away from her. But in the cadaver lab, everybody's right next to each other. So she hands the human heart. That student takes it and begins expanding the heart until it's 10 foot tall. Then the professor and the students, they step inside that human heart. They examine the ventricles and the cavities and the professor says, oh, but wait, there's one more thing. And she produces a diseased human heart. Then they step inside the diseased human heart and compare the two and take all the lessons that that we need from that. So there, there's so much that can be learned from science and history and art and even literature, which is pretty cool.
1: Talk about literature a little bit. What are you seeing in that space, Steve?
0: So most American high school students and a lot of students around the world read To Kill a Mockingbird, famous movie, famous book with a lot of really valuable lessons built into it. And really the the culminating location in the book is the courtroom. Mm. And, and in, in the courtroom, the, the black citizens had to sit in the balcony. The white citizens sat on the floor and you had a jury box, you had a judge seat and you had the attorneys. We rebuilt that courtroom so that students can understand what it was like to listen to the closing remarks and to, you know, you know, once they've read the book or maybe when they're getting near the end, they can go and have a discussion and understand the book. And some students might sit in the balcony, some might sit on the floor, some might sit in a jury box. However, the teacher structures that educational lesson. And what we know from data is that students who learn lessons like these in virtual reality, they retain more information, they gain more empathy, and grades go up.
1: Wow. Talk a little bit about empathy. How else have you seen extended reality used to facilitate empathy? I mean, I've heard of some really interesting applications, maybe PTSD, I've heard of, you know, situations where maybe we have uh, a veteran who's come back and we're using some of these platforms to help address issues like that. What are some examples of empathy? This is interesting.
0: You know, uh, there's a famous quote by Stalin, I think, where he said when millions of people die, it's a statistic. When one person dies, it's a tragedy. So think in terms of learning about the Holocaust. You know, we're all kids. We're, we're middle schoolers and we're Developing our sense of empathy, and we hear six million people died. Well, it's, I can't really get my head around six million uh, when I'm 14 years old. But in the, uh, in, in many students, we read uh, Frank's diary to sort yeah. of gain that empathy for that one person. In, in one unit, the one experience created by a company other than ours, they rebuilt on Frank's home. And so that not only do you read the book, but you can go and experience and, and learn up close uh, about her life and and underst- learn that empathy. So, so that's, you know, y- you have that and then you've got a lot of some companies that spend their time shooting 360 video from places in the world that not only have we never been there, but we would never go mm. because, you know, you think about, you know, when you go to the Middle East, you might go to Egypt. You might go to Petra in Jordan, you might go to Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, but very few people are going into the West Bank. You hear in the news that it's violent. So what if we could stand on the West Bank and and experience that life and, and see first-person interviews with people that are there? It certainly allows us to better understand the situation.
1: What are you hearing from leaders as you talk about this? What are some of the pushbacks that you hear on a day-in, day-out basis as you're talking with leaders?
0: You know, mostly what what we don't hear is that it's a bad idea. Most people get it. They understand that this is the direction the world is moving. What we do get pushback on is prioritization. A lot of schools are still just trying to figure out Zoom and remote learning from a 2D perspective. Very few have the resources and people in place to uh, move forward with an immersive 3D learning environment like a Metaversity. But we are okay with that. You know, we're looking for early adopters and of the thousand universities out there, we're happy to be working with the first 100 to 200 that are ready and willing to move into the space that have progressive chancellors or deans or presidents, whatever the case might be, professors, and that's where we want to start. So mostly it's a prioritization issue. A lot of them, sometimes we hear issues about what if somebody doesn't like a VR headset? Well, that's not a problem because you can join in on a PC. Uh, What about the cost? We want to ask every student to pay $100 a semester to, to attend a metaversity. And so, you know, they have to think about how they'll fold that into existing existing expenses that are already part of the semester expense payment. So, that those are really what we hear, but you know, most people in higher ed understand that this is the future. Outside of higher ed, there's a whole group of people who who really hate the technological future. They don't want people to gather together in a metaverse. They want us to all just get together in person, which sounds great, just not so realistic.
1: Mm. Well, you had mentioned something that I think I know this is on your radar, assessment. You had shared some they weren't statistics, but they were findings like, look, they're learning more. They're more engaged. you You'd shared some of that a little bit ago. yeah. And I think every institution of higher learning is really focused on assurance of learning, The higher learning commission, not losing accreditation, ensuring that the students are really truly leaving their institution having grown and developed. What are you seeing on that front? I mean, when it comes to assessment, what are some unique and interesting things that you have going on that we can do in a, at a metaversity that is more difficult when we're together? Does anything come to mind?
0: Sure. Lots. First of all, we just retained a, a firm to take a look at what we're doing, provide an objectively measured standard to look at uh, the results and to provide feedback and suggestions on how we can improve the product. So that's first. But second, we have a really good case study from Morehouse College, which was the world's first full metaversity. They had Professor Ovell Hamilton, United States Navy retired. Uh, He teaches world history. And he taught the exact same course, the exact same professor, in a brick-and-mortar class through a Zoom portal and through uh, hit the Metaversity campus. Wow. and Then at the end of each course, he measured three things, student engagement measured by attendance, student sa- student satisfaction measured by a survey and uh, student performance measured by their grades. In all three of those, the Metaversity campus was head and shoulders above But all of this data is on our website at victoryxr.com if you want to look at the exact data that came out of this case study. But for us, that was a pretty good start. And we're certain that some professors are probably doing it better. Some professors are not doing it as well. And so what we need to understand is what really makes for an effective, impactful metaversity class. How do you maximize the opportunity?
1: Mm. Well, take us through that experience. And I probably should have started here, Steve. <laughs> We're a little late in the conversation. But are you creating a, a digital twin of Morehouse? Is that is it yeah. literally, it looks like the physical campus. Can I walk into room 222? Is that a thing?
0: Not all schools go with the digital twin replica campus, but most do. And so we will build a digital twin of five to seven building exteriors, and two, interiors. Okay, And so that's, I mean, that's package number one. People can certainly purchase more than that, but that's sort of the base package, plus the grounds. The grounds are very important to universities because they spend a lot of time making them perfect and beautiful. And so you can put on the headset and land right there on the campus quad and walk to class. And once you get to class, your professor will be there, other students will be there, And then what what really happens here is you have to have a couple of different things. First of all, you have to have a well-trained professor. So we have a professional development program. Second, you need a learning space. And so the learning space might be, for example, on Morehouse College campus, they have their chemistry lab, University of Kansas School of Nursing. They have their nursing labs, whether it's Cal State, West Virginia, Alabama A&M, we're building rooms for all of these. Plus we offer 70 classrooms of our own that anybody can use. So for example, let's say you're learning astronomy. Maybe you want to use the Starship. Transport up through the Star Trek style transporter up to the Starship and then put on your space suit and take a spacewalk. Pretty cool. If you're learning paleontology, maybe you're going to learn that on Dinosaur Island. If you are learning Ancient Egyptian history, maybe you're going to go into the Egyptian uh, Museum. yeah, you know, there's seventy of these, and I, I could go on and on about it, but I won't. Professional development, learning rooms, and then you need the three d objects. So let's say, for example, you're in comparative anatomy and you're comparing the the physiology and anatomy of a pig to a human, which I'm told is fairly common. You know you've got the pig. Here You have the human here, and, and you can pull out the organs, you can examine them, you can dissect them, whatever the case might be, so that you understand the difference between in, in that comparative anatomy class. Uh, so those are the 3D models. That heart, that pig heart, and that human heart have to be modeled by uh, graphic artists that, that specialize in 3D graphics. So we create that, and that's got to be both the inside of the heart and the outside of the heart. So then we add on the field trips. So you can take field trips. We have 150 field trips all over the world from the redwood forest to Iceland to China to a dairy farm in Iowa to learn genetics. It's pretty cool.
1: Well, as you think about developing leaders, what are some opportunities? What are some what are some things that you see as options for someone who's interested In developing leadership, helping people be more successful when serving in these challenging roles that we find ourselves in. Uh, Again, I love the speech and debate module, the communication module, presentation skills. Those are some great examples. Are there other things that come to mind for you as possibilities? They may not
0: yet exist. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about leadership more broadly, because as we both know, there are different types of leaders. There's the, the Public, charismatic leaders and then there's the private leaders who who lead a small group of two or three but the two things that they all must have everybody must have to be a leader is one you have to be able to communicate what you're thinking second you don't want, want what you're thinking to be stupid so you got to be a good critical thinker hmm. so a critical thinking skills b Get those thoughts out of your brain to come out out of your mouth to other people. Once you have those two things, then it's just a matter of desire. Do you want to lead or not? And some people just naturally don't want to lead. You start there. Now, in virtual reality or education in the metaverse, one of the really amazing things that we can do is we can build out scenarios. For example, we have this wonderful assessment Gamified experience adventure called the King's Labyrinth. And there are 10 gates you have to get through, and you can take a, a team of two, three, four, five with you through these. And you have to, and it's an actual maze, just like, you know, one you would scratch out on paper. So you have to find your way through the maze, and there's a lot of problem solving. But then when you get to each gate, there is a question that has to be answered. Now, it might be something that you've learned that semester class or you might choose the the critical thinking and, and you have to figure out the answer. Answer it correctly. If you answer it correctly, you can take the path to the through the gate opens, take the path to the next area. If not, you die a horrible death and you go back to the last gate. So um you I'm know. thinking
1: of you're making me think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail where you know he he asks he's asked his favorite color. And I think he says blue. No, I mean green. Ah oh!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. You know, it's uh it's sort of a fun, fun sort of horrible death, but uh you know it's it's all gamified and fun. But but you know, ultimately if you succeed, get your team through the whole thing, you make it to the king's lair. And I won't tell you what's in the king's lair, but it's you know, some fun little Easter eggs and things like that. And it's this really grand experience to get that far.
1: Wow communication, clarifying and communicating your ideas, thinking critically. Anything else come to mind when it comes to developing leaders or just even the possibilities? I mean, I'm thinking of team building activities. And I think what you just described is probably some, it could be framed as yeah. a, a team building activity for sure. But yeah. the data yeah. that could be da- gathered in this space, are we recording people's conversations? Is that possible?
0: we are very very careful about that because people are very sensitive to recording data once we don't right now okay once we do it will you know be one of those fully disclosed deals and you know you have to choose to have your data measured so that we can make some decisions there so for example when we build in the speech ai yeah uh, that'll be one of those moments when we say look if you're going to learn to speak we're going to have to give you some feedback that means we're going to have to record what you're doing so Give us your assent, but but yeah. If if you think about leadership, you know, another very important piece is empathy. People who 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 use their leadership skills to care for others to make the world a better place. So VR is is as we talked about earlier is a great place to add that component of empathy.
1: Well, and I imagine if we sat here and and started thinking through whether it's emotional intelligence, whether it's negotiation skills whether it's influence tactics. And I mean, we could probably start getting into some really cool conversations about these different dimensions and these different skills required. I think there's such an interesting opportunity to, for listeners, please listen to the episode with George Banks next. If you have not listened to that episode, Please listen to that episode. There's some very important clues and opportunities in this conversation that can tie back to what George is interested in when it comes to leadership. Some of the behaviors that we're interested in seeing displayed and really quantifying that. Steve... I always close these conversations out by asking my guests what they're listening to, what they're streaming, what's caught their attention recently. It may have something to do with what we've just discussed. It may have nothing to do with what we've just discussed. But what's been catching your eye recently?
0: Well, my big challenge is trying to figure out how to take this idea. We're we're currently at 40 colleges and universities around the world and a lot of high schools. But as CEO... I have to be prepared to take it to the next level. So, you know, if, if things roll out the way we think, and you know, there'll be over a thousand schools in five years that have their own metaversities. So what I am trying to do is to improve my skill set as a CEO, which, which requires a lot of team building, a lot of communication, a lot of critical thinking, managing finances and sales and all of that. Uh, so uh, I just finished a book. By Frank Van Snoot called Amp It Up. He's successfully took companies that where we're at to, to much larger companies. And so that's been helpful. And then um, I, I listened to a number of podcasts, but uh, the NPR podcast, How We Built This. So I, I love that one. It's you know, it the thing about being an entrepreneur is you have to get up every morning positively focused, maybe. Five mornings a year, I wake up and I just think, ah, this is too big, this is just too much. And in those days, it's hard to be successful. The other 360 days a year, I have this uncanny ability to wake up saying, wow, (laughs) we're gonna really make this go. And so that positivity matters. And so that podcast helps me remain positive.
1: Well, I'm excited to follow your adventures. Are we gonna get to this thousand and five years? That's gonna be so fascinating to watch it play out. For listeners, again, there's a link in the show notes to Steve's LinkedIn page. You can follow him, and he's constantly posting about this space. And if you're curious, if you want to learn a little bit more, see who's involved, he's named some of the schools that are involved and engaged, but just see how they're applying this technology in these very, very different and unique and impactful ways. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of opportunity here. And I think probably something you come across, Steve. And I'd love to know just your general opinion on this. I don't know that you're suggesting that this take over everything, but in the suite of opportunities that exist, this is an important opportunity that in the life cycle of someone's education is a tool. It's an important tool that's available to us that we could be using to be more successful and ultimately help people learn, right?
0: Yeah. So so first... People can, all, your listeners can also email me steve at victoryxr.com. That's pretty straightforward and easy. But second, I, I liken it to, uh, airline pilots. Would you really want to be in a jet with a pilot who hasn't successfully passed their simulator training? <laughs> so probably no. not. And so what we provide is really that simulation. You know, it, it's, The consequences are low for failure. So, in our nursing programs, you know, administering drugs or attaching machines to patients or phlebotomy or whatever the case might be, the the consequences for failure are low. And so, start in the simulation, simulated world, move to the real world.
1: Great. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. I know you are a busy man and uh, good luck. Keep exploring and uh, thanks for the work that you do.
0: Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it.
1: This is uh, one of these topics that is just going to be really fun to keep an eye on. And I appreciate Steve's willingness to come on and just talk about kind of what he sees as the future, the opportunities. And it's really interesting. It really is interesting. At least some of the initial data that they're seeing would suggest that there's something to these learning experiences. Now, like I said in the episode, I imagine it's going to be one of a suite of options from which we can choose. Is it appropriate always? Maybe not. Is it appropriate some of the time? And does it open up a lot of possibilities? Someone in Taiwan, someone in the US, someone in Australia in the same class? Huh. Kind of interesting. So again, follow Victory XR. Follow Steve Grubbs on LinkedIn and just explore his adventures and what he's learning about metaversities. And think about how this technology could help us better prepare people to serve in leadership roles. Kind of a fun question. Be well, everyone. As always, thanks for checking in. Bye-bye. You have just finished another episode of Practical Wisdom for Leaders with Scott Allen. To contact me, visit www.scottjallen.net or send me a note at scott at scottjallen.net. I can also be found on Twitter and LinkedIn. So let's connect. Now, if you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. And as always, thank you so much for listening. One final nod to our sponsors, the International Leadership Association and the Bowler College of Business at John Carroll University. And now here's Kate's twin sister, Emily, with the outro
0: you've been listening to phronesis practical wisdom with scott allen